0: With your gentle donation of $4.99 a month, you could save the animals. And in return, you could get a blanket that probably costs $3.99. So instead, what you should do is buy a $3.99 blanket and spare that extra dollar for episode 81 of A Gentleman's Chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy. Ian, it's time to reshoot an episode of A Gentleman's Chat. Are you excited? Oh, I'm pumped. <laughs> Dude, what a nightmare!
1: Although how free, th- free form this is. There's no shot we're gonna touch like anything
0: we discussed on zero. the actual episode eighty-one. Zero point zero percent episode. Yes, the forgotten episode. We've had a couple of those, a couple yeah. of misfires in our career. Some some good ones that got away. Yeah, yeah. I have. Funny enough, you mentioned that though. I have a couple things to start with. First of all, I walked in and you had a candle burning in a very per. per um, What's the word I'm going for here? Dangerous spot. per... per It matters not. Whatever. In a spot that did not look healthy. It looked dangerous. And it reminded me of a friend of mine I had when I was a kid. He always used to have candles in his room in precarious positions. There we go. The P word. And one night, he left a candle at the foot of his bed on like a nightstand that was off to the side. And he flailed a lot in his sleep when he was younger. He flailed, knocked the candle over, and you would think, well, that's not good, and you'd be right. He lit the house on fire, and he also happened to be a heavy sleeper, so when he woke up, it wasn't a little carpet fire. The room was ablaze, so much so that he burnt the whole house to the ground because of this little candle incident that he had. Why wouldn't he just... <laughs> If you know you're a restless sleeper, why wouldn't you just move the table a bit? Right. That's that's exactly what I said. it, it you know what the biggest bummer was? And here's how I remember this. I had, you know, those little cap guns you used to have when you were a kid? Yep. Little eight-shot cap guns. I gave him my, like, automatic cap gun, which was, like, the cool. It was like a rifle cap gun. This thing was banging. And in return, he gave me his little pistol cap gun, which was equally as cool to me. This was a good trade as seven-year-olds. This was a very good trade. And I just remember, like, a week later, his house burnt to the ground. <laughs> and the next time I saw him, I said, uh, so, did the cap gun make it? He said, no. It got <laughs> melted down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so... So and then I then I had and I'll, I'll never forget this. I had this pondering moment even as a seven year old or however old I was. I had to think. So do I give him the pistol cap gun back? Is 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 our agreement broken now? And I thought, no, he gave it to me. That thing's mine. <laughs> so I let him borrow it when he was over. But make no mistake, that thing was mine. Yeah, yeah. That that would have been
1: awful for business around the world if that's how that worked.
0: It would be terrible. Although I would I would pose he should have bought the insurance plan when he had the chance on the item, right? He should have insured his cap gun. You know, seventeen dollars a year. He could have gotten full coverage, probably. So that was really his mistake. I don't feel bad anymore. His own, his own doing. That was such a. You know, you ever think back on people that you knew when you were younger? And you're like, wow, I was such a great person, and how weird their life ended up being. I was once akin to a robbery with this kid, which I'm happy to admit now because the statute of limitation, I'm sure, has ended on this thing. So we had a, we had a. A mutual acquaintance, a friend of mine, a not friend of his. And we were driving around town together. And this guy, he he was convinced, I think, it's been so long. He was convinced that this friend of mine had taken something from him and that we ought to go by his house. And I was like, all right, whatever. So we stopped by this guy's house to see if he's home, to say hi. He's not home. So my friend, in his absolute brilliance, decides, oh, the door's unlocked. I ought to just go in. So my friend breaks in to this guy's house and rummages around his cabinets, goes through his dresser drawers, <laughs> comes out with random <laughs> items of this guy's and just decides, These are mine now. And this whole time, I'm sweating, right? Because I am the most straight and narrow guy, as you know, that you've ever met, probably. And this whole time, I'm, I'm thinking, God... I didn't do this. <laughs> I did not do this. And he comes out, and at first he had nothing. Now I was like, okay, so now that we're done breaking and entering, can we go? He said, no, actually, there's something I want. And then this is the second time when he went in, took something, and decided it was his now. Very peculiar. Very peculiar kid. You just let him in do that? Head. I. What was I going to do? I oh, don't know. Tell him no. I did. That oh. didn't stop him. No. This is the guy that also ended up going to prison for a short stint. So yeah, the... go kick his shins. Yeah. No. Nobody likes that. Nope. nope. No, I'm not. No, he was bigger than me. <laughs> he was older than me, bigger than me. I was having no part of that. Size doesn't
1: really matter all that much. Not a lot of people talk about that, but almost nobody's been in an actual fight. So most everybody freezes unless you've you know had that adrenaline rush and
0: that fight or flight response. It's true. I've only ever seen, I've only been akin to one physical altercation that I can think of, and it was, it was at some, I don't even remember. It was a dust up between two people that didn't like each other at some sort of gathering of people. Maybe it was a school dance. I don't know, and uh, and they they went to blows, and it was really boring. I don't know if people know this. If you've ever, you know, if you flip through TikTok and you see the greatest hits of fights, that's really what they are. If you see a fight that's made it to popular to be popular on the internet, it's a greatest hit fight. It's one that people got to see. If you see the average Joe schmo fighting, it is the lamest thing ever. It is two uncoordinated people that have no idea what they're doing and are fueled only by their own disdain and lack of understanding. That's what a typical physical alteration looks altercation looks like. Yeah. It's not fun. It's two bumbling (laughs) idiots trying to out
1: bumble idiot themselves. It always ends up in a grapple because nobody has had almost nobody obviously has had like strike combat or anything like that background. So it always goes to the ground and then it's awkward like they're hugging each other and they don't (laughs) really know how to (laughs) grapple. And afterwards, you know, they're not going to go train at the local jujitsu place because they've given that up. They're like, oh, this is what I can do on the ground. Mm, Never again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because everyone has this vision of themselves of going like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do some wild Chuck Norris move. and like, Or I watched a UFC fight. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm a certified expert. And they try their way. Well, it's like people that watch Pro League in any video game or sport. You know, If I watch NFL and all of a sudden think that I'm going to go out there and throw darts like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's right. Like, He's yeah, like, how could he miss yeah. that? I could throw that in my sleep. Right, right, right. People with fights are the same way. They watch one UFC pay-per-view on a ripped live stream three months after it happened. And then they think to themselves, you know what? I've got the moves. I could totally do that. Easy.
1: I think I could take four or five UFC fighters. It wouldn't be fair, though, because I would be picking the featherweights. Mm. Which, for those of you who don't know, there's a reason in life that, in UFC, that those weight divisions, as well as boxing. Weight comes in great, great handiness yeah, in a fight. Yeah, so, but weight's a big one. There, there's a couple featherweights I think I could probably take because it's skewed so unfair
0: from the technical aspect yeah the only way i'm doing any ufc related fighting is if it's a child versus me and you know what truthfully what i believe instead of having weight classes we should just have rank systems based on how many small children you can annihilate right if you if you send a dozen fourth graders at me i've got that easy you know i want to know how many 10 year olds on candy can you take at one time that's, the, that's how we should be ranking people because I think you'd be surprised where it falls. You know, those big guys are going to get gassed right away. The little guys might be able to dart around. They might try to blend in. I don't know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> gets down on your knees, pulls it up. No, I'm one of you. I'm one of you. I'm just saying, if you put, you know, 20, 30 small children in front of me, I'm going to take one of them, just crush him and then see what the other ones do. Make an do. example. Right. Or just take one of them by the arms and start flailing them in circles like some sort of shillelagh that I'm going to use. A human shillelagh. I think this is how we should be measuring the, the gumption of men fighting. I don't think there's any legal problem with that. No. So sure. <laughs> no. Get a bunch of kids rounded up on a Saturday. The problem
1: is you're going to get one or two of those mean kids who take something sharp like you know what i have these sharpened pencils that i've been keeping in a rubber band i'm gonna throw in the mixed with that
0: i don't want the kids that are failing any middle school class because if you're (laughs) failing a middle school class that tells me you're building shivs in the back of the room and i don't i don't want any part of you
1: that is true you're definitely getting stabbed or something your dad's
0: doing 10 years this whole time you're doing push-ups and, the, and recess all by yourself. You're doing push-ups and pull-ups nonstop. You're running, you're running a four-and-a-half-minute mile at age nine, and you're building shivs out of pencils, and you're, you're, you're practicing on your math homework that looks like it's been shot by a nine mil a hundred times. I, I have no want to wrestle that person because they're cheaters, and they're going to grow up <laughs> being cheaters. That's what they're going to be. They're going to grow up being nothing but cheaters. Is it cheating if the fight agrees upon that, though? Like we could pose those nine-year-olds against other nine-year-olds like that? How? <laughs> I'm certainly not going to get into an ethical, you know, ethical quet. Y'all. Well, little Timmy, do you think that it's ethical for you to be bringing your sharpened shiv to school and using it in this melee to the death that we're running against with? an adult? Against an adult, do you think it's okay, little Timmy? I don't think the ethos of this is going to come into question. Little Timmy knows because of his UFC pay-per-view watching and the fact that his dad's in prison, he knows that if I take this sharpened shiv and I jam it in someone's stomach, they'll stop. Likely. <laughs> Likely? That's what he's learned. That's what his life has taught him. Uh, I'm not sure who wouldn't stop with that. I don't know. I, I Sometimes I just like to make up people's <laughs> life story. I did this the other day. I was having a phone conversation. I had a... Um, I had to call up the Wisconsin Music Association people for a question I had related to a thing. I hope they call themselves people at the uh, end. It was Wisconsin Music... What is it? Wisconsin State a- Music Association. That sounds more accurate. It was. It's just a blah group of people. But I had to call them up for a question. And I called them up and some guy Alec answered. I said, hi Alec, I have a question. And I proceeded to ask him a question. He went and asked his superiors, came back, gave me the answer, hung up, left. And then I realized I didn't exactly get every answer I needed, so I had to call back, and Alec picked up again. I said, hi, Alec, it's me again. Glad to see you. And he had to put me on hold for my second question because it was a lengthy one, and then this whole time a colleague and I were trying to figure out his backstory. So we were deciding, based on his voice, you know, Alec, mid-twenties, maybe a light beard, you know, stubble. I bet he's a dirty blonde six foot two couldn't be a tuba player but he was a guitar player in a rock band you know it's sort of like the pubs on the weekends so I made up this whole story about him, and right as I was getting to the good part he came back on the line <laughs> and I hope he didn't catch the end of our story but all of this is to say that at the very end of the conversation I said Alec did you play tuba and he said no I said well what instrument do you play he said bass guitar like, Alec, I was pretty close. Hey, you have a good day. <laughs> so sometimes I just make up people's life stories. And then make them very uncomfortable. Well, I had to know in this case. Sometimes
1: I don't ask, but this time I had to know. What Was it at least naturally set, or was it question, question, business, business? Oh, hey, by the way, Alec, <laughs> what do you play? I bet he's going to bed that night and he's going to be like, I cannot sleep.
0: You no, know, what's I'm going to get. He, <laughs> he was he was talking about, you know, I've only worked here a couple of months. I'm trying to understand the rules. It's not a big deal, Alec. So this opened the... And then my colleague, God bless her heart, let out, well, we were just talking, trying to figure out your backstory. And I was like, no, don't let him know that. But now that that's out of the bag, Alec, did you play tuba by chance? <laughs> and he said no, and the rest of it continued on. That always happens.
1: I meet people that want... To discuss other people's backstories that neither of you know. So it doesn't make much sense. When you in <laughs>
0: retrospect, you're like, hmm, I have no frame of reference on what this guy does. I like when they cut co- there's some good ones that people have come up with. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get someone to ask you, like, so tell me this about yourself. And you're like, I I bet you were just having a conversation about me. And you're you're way off the mark. I never tell them that. I don't tell them much of anything. Well, so I don't tell them either. I just <laughs> let them believe it. So tell me about yourself. Mhm. Well, do you do this? Yeah, sometimes. Do you
1: do this? Mhm. How about this? Sure. <laughs> 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 They're going to go home thinking whatever it is <laughs> they came into that conversation thinking and getting nothing
0: back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know what's funny is I have people cuz as I I've told you when I bought our when I bought my house Several a couple months ago now, not quite several. Uh, it was October of last year. People call asking if you want to have mortgage insurance, and yep. these are always third party people. And they called a few times, and I didn't answer. And they kept calling, and kept calling. So I finally answered, and they gave me the whole spiel. I said, "Listen, I didn't respond to your letters in the mail. I didn't respond to your previous inquiries. I don't want your services. Well, you know, you know, no, I, I don't need to know." Stop calling. And then get this, they kept calling. Yeah, you have to put him on the block list. Oh my goodness gracious. So finally, I was at work and this girl called a couple of times and I finally picked up and said, Hello, what can I do for you? I said, I'm, you know, Patricia from the, you know, whatever the bake agency is, wanting to know. It. I said, Let me stop you right there. First of all, you got the wrong guy. I don't know who you're talking to. My name's Seth. And I have told the other people that you've talked to from the same company, I don't want your services. I have no need. You've called me every day for a week now. Stop calling. Oh, we're so sorry. If I could just confirm your... Nope, you don't need to. I'm not who you say I am. Goodbye. Those people are so frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating. Mm. To be fair, I do have some sympathy for a lot of like the
1: cold callers. Because you got to be realize they have to go in and do that every day. From nine to five, calling hundreds of people and getting no response from hundreds
0: of people day in and day out. I actually met a girl my first year of college that was a telemarketer. Oh, Great gal, super cute, and really, really a very interesting person to talk to because her perspective on life was so... It was, she was just such an interesting person. Like I said, so I could have talked to her forever and ever. I really could have. I could, uh, I wish we would have stayed friends. You know, after we transferred colleges cuz she went somewhere else. And I remember in our conversation the first time we met, we were all going around the room. "Hello, you know, I my first year in college, I graduated from here. This is what my major is and this is what I do, you know, if I had a job or whatever." And she just came right on said, "You know, hi, my name is Macy or whatever her name was, and I am a telemarketer." So the person that calls you and annoys you, yep, that's me. And I was like, you know what? Go go you for just being upfront and honest about it. Hey, if it gets the bills paid, it's not like she wants to bother
1: people, most likely. That's
0: exactly what she said. Like, yeah. listen, I don't like it as much as you do, but they pay me to do it. So I'm just going to keep on yep. asking if you want, you know. And she wasn't being nefarious. She was literally trying to sell, you know, the sham wow or whatever the thing was over the phone, right? So... Yeah, did you ever really ask what girl. she does during the 90% of the day she's just getting hung up on or not getting no response? No, but she did have some interesting stories about people, you know, that use colorful language to tell her that they don't want her calling back. And those were hilarious stories because of course I got to see the other side. Yeah. I knew this person and I spent a lot of time with her. And again, I'll preface she was very cute, very attractive. <laughs> So it was funny to me to think, like, hang on a minute, every phone conversation I've ever had with a telemarketer could have been someone like you, just a regular Joe Schmo trying to make their way through college. It gave me a very interesting perspective. Yeah. We should all just, instead of arguing with the telemarketer,
1: work your way up the chain, sound mm. interested enough mm. that they need to get management involved, and work
0: your way up, and then just roast the company when you get up top. <laughs> that You could do that you could or what I pose is not wasting that much of your life. Uh, you gotta live a little though. you're right every uh, okay. you don't obviously
1: not every time someone calls you, but if you're in a lull and you' have nothing going on, <laughs> but you're, you're stuck somewhere. <laughs> say you're uh, waiting for a meeting, but you know the boss is st- still finishing up the back nine and you have <laughs> yeah. three hours to spare or whatnot. Just say, "Hey, I'm stuck in this room anyhow. Might as well bring down a small corporation while I'm at it." (laughs) It
0: That's funny. I was just judging you for wasting your life on that. I very vividly remember doing the same thing to OnStar for hours. (laughs) I would press that OnStar button, and I didn't have OnStar, and they would give you, you know, the the automated thing about you know. Um, activating OnStar, yep. but if you press it enough times, eventually You'll get a, a, call. a human being will come on the line and they will give you this, <laughs> this list of of things that you can do. You know, it's sort of like a help guide to get your OnStar thing set up so that you don't you're not just pressing the button for no reason. And I always thought my whole life I thought those were automated. So I would just listen and I would just just say random garbage to them. Just the most miscellaneous things ever, dude. And I would spend 20, 25 minutes, because I thought they were just voice activated. Yep. And they would just go through pre-programmed lines and I would say stuff to them and they would say nonsense back to me and we'd go back and forth. And then one day I learned there's a real honest-to-goodness human being because I said something and then I said it again and again and I just repeated it and eventually this voice went, sir, I heard you the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shook. I was shook right to my core. I had no idea.
1: Did you think it was a real person at that point was, or were you invested? You're like, I was, they're learning.
0: I was, no, I was so confused. I was in the car with someone else. I'll never forget this dude. She said, yeah, I heard you the first time. Because I, of course, when I was saying it, I was, I was just alone and being stupid. So I would get closer and closer to the microphone. You know, because yeah, when you get closer to a microphone, it blows yeah. out. and It gets very funny. I'll <laughs> never forget, dude. I was talking a, a half an inch away from the little microphone in my car. And she said, sir, I heard you the first time. I didn't know what to say. I hung up. (laughs) I didn't know what to say. I was so confused.
1: She broke the chain.
0: Oh, my gosh. It was just... It blew my mind. Oh, my gosh.
1: That's actually impressive because it was a real person. Yes. So many people nowadays are just going to automated or, like, little AI-generated pathways where it's like, if they say anything along these parameters, you go here and then here.
0: Right. And I hate those so so much. Yeah, I I hate them. I hate when they're needlessly used. Like, okay, if I'm calling Walmart, yep. and they have you know like a six button thing for me to kind of direct me. Okay, if I'm calling Culver's or a local, you know, like a fast food yep. store or something, cl- and you have like a a press one or two. Button, like okay, that's not needed. If I'm calling something as at work and I get one of those, oh, like, yeah. like if I have to call something as part of my job, someone else who's expected to talk to me, yeah, and I get that, that is the worst of them. Oh that yeah. That to me is the ten out of ten worst thing ever. Because it's like I know that I need to get to Steve. Steve knows I need to get to him. And yet, for some reason, I'm stuck in this 19-digit labyrinth. Yep. I hate those. Yeah, it's always like,
1: press 1 for English, press 2 for Spanish, press 3 for French, and then it goes to the next. Hello, you're trying to call this place. This is what we do. This is our address. This is our hours of operation. This is when you're allowed to call. And then it goes through, press 1 if this very specific thing is what you're calling for press 2 if this is the very specific thing you're
0: calling for. <laughs> it always waits or and it's it's not it's bad but I don't I don't get red in the face mad if they go or stay on the line and an operator will assist yeah. you soon. That is like okay, I don't need to think anymore. I will sit here and when Stacy answers the phone, Stacy can point me where I'm going. When it doesn't when it gives you the, or press 9 to repeat these options, yep, and then just hangs up on you, those ones will send me over the edge. <laughs> they will take me off the precipice. So, a long time ago, uh, my
1: mother actually gave me this hack. For anyone that has those automated services, I don't know if it's bylaw or whatnot, but 100% of the time, if you spam 0 in it, it's automatically... Uh, for whatever reason registered to go to an in-person call no matter who you call no matter Mm. what if you just spam zero and so far it has worked with anybody i've ever called so i just do
0: that now huh i didn't know that yeah the only experience i've ever had with pressing zero for immediate help is where my parents worked when i well when i was younger and where they still work pardon me when they worked when we were younger, like if you were homesick from school or if something happened, you need to get a hold of them, you would call their extension, their work yep. extension, and if they didn't answer, press zero, and it would send call you, the floor. <clears throat> it would send to the whole building, and it would announce, you know, you know, whoever. The, insert my little mother's Billy and, was throwing <laughs> pencils today in class uh, and got sent home. Yes, little Billy's mom, please, you know, report to a phone, and then I. I, I think it was that I think they still had to walk over and grab a phone. Yep. I don't think it was that they could grab any phone. I think they still had to go to their phone cuz the call was placed there. But it would be even cooler if they could grab any phone. Like it became the bat phone, you know, you just grab any phone and you're on the line. I think that'd be cooler yet. But I'd have had to use that sometimes where, you know, you're super sick or you know, you know my brother was in a car accident, whatever the thing was. And you dial, they don't pick up, you press zero. And that is, especially as a kid, that is the most powerful feeling ever. When you press zero, and you know that the person that picks up on the other end of the line is just going to solve your problem. That is. Like whatever you're looking for, they will just find. They're like, hey, you know, my name is Billy. This is my mother's name. I need her right now. There's an emergency. And you can hear the. Could you know? And you hear the whole plant, and where my parents work is a huge factory, a million square feet in the plant, and they're very proud of that. A whole million square feet, you can hear that person's voice reverb outside the whole nine, the whole block away, you can hear, could so-and-so please report to? That is the most powerful thing ever. It's incredible.
1: I agree. Did you ever get power drunk with that? No. No? No. Not at all? No. I, I'd have a power
0: problem if I was a kid and had that. I pulled, I didn't get a power problem, but I pulled some, uh, uh, a little a little power something. I had to do a little wellness check on my mother a few weeks ago. She was at work um, over Christmas break. when everything was sort of shut down and where she works, it, she was um, it, it's a factory where they make welders. So while the machines were down being serviced, she had some tasks that she could do, you know, administrative-type tasks. Yeah. And she was the only person in the plant by herself. And she was supposed to be done at noon. It was 1230. I went over to her house. She wasn't there. No one knew where she, was, where she was. I called her cell phone. I called her work phone. Nobody would answer. And, of course, pressing zero goes nowhere. So what do I do? I drove there. I parked there. I knocked on the door. The security guard came out. And I said, hey, this is who I am. This is who I'm looking for. Take me there. And they're like, oh, okay. So they walked in, they had to get the safety glasses the whole night, and I was walking and they didn't really know where they were going. So I was like, This is where I'm going. Yep. I've been I've been in this factory. I worked in this factory when I was just out of high school. I know exactly where I'm going. I know what I'm looking for. Step out of my way. And this security guard was totally down with it. She's like, Yeah, let's go. Like wherever you need to go. And then once I was in the main plant, it was just I was just free to wander. We found my mother, who was completely fine by the way.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that sounds about right. She the, was probably the, just the guard, doing her own thing. The
0: guard walked away and said, hey, you know, just take this way to get out. And I was like, yeah, I'll do what I want. And I just I just did, did whatever I needed to do. But that I didn't get power drunk with pressing zero. No? No, because I knew that, you know, if you're going to press that, it better be a real deal emergency. If you're, oh, yeah. If you're pressing because your stuffed animal fell down behind, you know, the couch and you can't reach it, that is going to be an ass whooping later. So, That's true. Yeah. I always thought about pulling the fire alarms in all the schools. Oh, man, I know. But especially because we went to school really before vaping took off. That is With true. vaping, you can set those things off anytime you want. But yes, there was a time where the only way to set it off was either and real fire or pulling that bad boy. Yeah. And if you're just, you know, walking between classes
1: and you're in the little line if you're in elementary school and whatnot, they weren't a whole bunch of cameras like a lot of schools have nowadays, you could probably get away with it.
0: So you always have like, a, I just want to feel it at least once. Just I just want to pull the little guy. I had that feeling and I, I even, I just, I just thought I could picture myself doing it. Yep. You know, and then someone told me that when you pull those things down and they click all the way down, and the alarm goes off, they spray a blue ink so that as, as to determine who pulled it. And really? I really yeah yeah and then and then I had to deduce in my mind is this some some baloney or is this a real thing and now I dare not try it so then in my mind I was like well what if I got a ruler like a like a like a yardstick to the side well I thought that you know fingertip to the side but if it sprays out like a like a mist that I'm gonna get some I mean I'm never gonna get it off so then I thought yardstick to the side and then I then I thought to myself You're thinking too hard about this. Yeah, you need to get back to doing something productive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that's really funny. That's like the they put chemicals in the pools to make like urine change colors, which I don't
0: believe either.
1: It's not true. It (laughs) can't be. (laughs) But you know,
0: parents tell kids that to stop them from peeing in the pool.
1: To try, yeah. If you've ever been to a pool that kids attend, you know that's not true because it's never (laughs)
0: happened. Right. Right. Yeah, if listen, if that was the case, that whole little kitty section would exactly. be for Exactly. Think barabu. about like the city pool in yeah. the summer. Nobody would ever be able to go in. I also will pose to you that although it's disgusting the thought of, you know, swimming around in someone else's urine, you're really not because no. if it's a public pool, it has so many chemicals in it. There's a reason why there's like a coating on your skin when you're done oh, 15 yeah. minutes in. You know, if you get into a public pool for 15 minutes and get out and you crust over white, That's because there's enough chemicals in there to be a small biological disaster if that water leaked out. Oh, yeah. You could feel
1: it if ever you're at a public pool or someplace that highly chlorinates. You get out and you could just feel like a light sting everywhere. Yes. Yeah, that's all the very healthy acids and bases just soaking into
0: your skin. Yes, very, very good for you. Much like this ad read. I was reflecting on our previous chat and I actually have a topic I want to bring back up to you. So I had told you and for those that didn't hear the chat, which is everybody, um, I (laughs) I have a colleague of mine who's a very slow driver and he drives this very old car. He's the art teacher. He's been doing it a very long time. Incredible artist. Not a very fast driver. And I'm stuck behind this guy every day. And the first little... Uh, now, I'll call it a month or two. I didn't know who he was really. I kind of recognized him, but I was blowing past him so fast I couldn't really see his face. I was just sick of this slow guy. And then I started picking up wait, that's the same white car that pulls next to me in my parking spot. So I kind of picked up, you know, like oh, this guy parks next to me. So then I stopped passing him because I felt bad when I go blowing past him and then we end up in the same parking spot. We have to walk in the building together. So I stay behind him most times. Well, I was driving behind him the other day and we pull into our parking spots and I get out and I'm looking at his passenger window and it's icy because it's cold in Wisconsin and it hit the defrosters didn't get his passenger window, obviously, right? So and I'm looking, have my bags in my hands, I lock my door and I just, I, I do two or three takes at it and by golly, somebody has drawn a penis on this guy's window. And I don't mean like an archaic one. I mean, there is... Vivid, it's it's a well drawn phallic image on this guy's, but you can see where they did it with their finger, mm-hmm. and then the ice froze. So, you know when you put your skin oil, yep. it freezes. You can see it, right? So the ice is there, and you can see this phallic image. And I had a moment to pontificate, just a moment, and I thought to myself, Do I tell him? Do I let this go? <laughs> do I tell him? Or do I just see what happens here? Do I just let this thing slide? And you had told me, well, you should tell him. Yeah. And I said, I wanted to see how far this experiment would take me. Also a valid way of going. So I let it sit for a couple days, and every day I parked next to him, I checked. And it was still there. It was still there. But after our conversation, I thought, you know what? God's looking down on me. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: Billy. It's time.
0: (laughs) I don't want to be I don't want this to be the thing that cuts me, you know. If I if I get into a car accident on the way home and Jesus has to look at me and say, You did let that guy have a dick drawn in his window. (laughs) (laughs) I just I I couldn't live it down. So here's what I did. I parked next to him the other day. I took a look, still there. (laughs) I got out. He he opened the door for me on the way in. He was having a conversation with a different colleague and I said, Hey I uh I see someone's been creative on your window. <laughs> he said, come again? I said, well, someone's, drawn a, ph- <laughs> someone's <laughs> somebody's drawn a very phallic image on your passenger window. I saw it when I got out of my car today. He said, oh, really? I should go take care of that. I said, you probably should. <laughs> and and he, he turned around. He marched right back out to his car, and I know not what he did. I saw him later in the break room, and he didn't say anything to me. But he he probably found it, and I saw him in the office. So I'm going to make a leap of imagination here at the end of this story. I hope that he was in the office with the secretary and the associate principal and the camera feed. And I hope that they were going back days and days to find the phallic image drawer. And I hope and pray that one of the kids that are in the office that I find every once in a while when I'm up in our main office is the penis drawer i hope with all of my heart soul mind and body that he's one of them or he she wants somebody is one of them does he have a family oh yeah i could believe that after all that effort they
1: turn up nothing and he'll get home and one of his kids he'll be like oh this i couldn't figure it out someone was so disrespectful drew a penis on my window and then I don't know, little Timmy, looks up and says, you mean the one I drew like three mi- weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, felt,
0: I felt so bad because this is an art teacher and someone's drawing. So then I thought to myself, because uh, again, I'm making up the story here for my own pleasure. When he walked back out, I wonder if he took a look at it and, mer- and judged its artistic merit before he cleaned it yeah, off. he's not window. upset.
1: He's actually trying to find oh, the student to grade him. I wonder if
0: he's in his mind like, yeah, those circles really weren't. They weren't very even, and, you know, the connecting tissue wasn't really well drawn. And
1: Yeah, they forgot sh- their shading first. Yeah, and their, their to shading get rid of it, wasn't yeah. very
0: good. And I have to tell you that, obviously, with the velocity, where it was spurting to really wouldn't be on. Aw- I just, again, I'm making up this part, folks, but in the back of my head, it was much more humorous to think he was out there judging its artistic merit than anything else. He didn't come back. That seems like something that you could just quick run over and wipe off. I don't know. I went to my office feeling like I had done my good deed for the day. You know, it's one of those you just keep that good deed in your pocket when you need to feel when you when you need to pick me up. Then you inform others of the embarrassing fault that they have, you know, been living with and then you get to feel good about it. You get to take all the credit. It's yeah. awesome. And I know that God was looking down saying, "You know what? Job well done." Unless God's the one who did it. I am pretty sure <laughs> I don't know him personally, right? I mean, his son, great guy. Conversations with on the regular. Uh, him, he himself. I don't think he's a phallic image drawer. I'll make that leap. Yeah,
1: probably not. I would think not. Yeah, but maybe it's like you know, telling
0: him he's a prophet. Like, hey, this is your side. I just love the idea that it would be like some some student gang's calling card. You know the a joke. Gang. You know. A bunch of hooligans—they're trying to be a gang. This is their calling card. I just like that idea in the back of my head. You know, the Joker had little Joker cards, and you know, the Wu Tang Clan had those nice shirts that they made. I just want these people to have this as their little, their little deal. Yeah. Again, and then
1: go out and terrorize the hood and their T-shirts with a big penis. On yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure
0: that's gonna happen. Again, I'm just making up the rest of the story, but. I could picture the student section in a soccer game just having a bunch of you know misinformed
1: youngsters. I could. And then you know there'd be one freaked out teacher or coach saying, "Hey, you guys need to go. This this is not allowed. You can't have a penis.
0: I you know I I never understood that, especially in high school. There were so many stingy like teacher types Rules. that would yeah, yeah, like there was no loitering, cuz especially mm-hmm. where our football team would play mm-hmm. was like a giant it was an actual football stadium for yep. one of the local colleges and they would be like you know no loitering in the gathering area like if you were go to concessions there's like a big sort of concrete area for that la- i don't know what you would call it like a plaza yeah it was sort like, of. Uh, um, you know like an outdoor plaza and then like no loitering there You know the student section. There was always teachers making there was no mischief, which is okay. It's still school function. But I I remember taking skittles and whipping at one of the teachers once until he found out, which was immediate because he watched me do it. And then he (laughs) and then I heard it clatter right next to him. He was looking at me as I was still my finishing the follow through because I was like you know fucking greased it. I gotta bleep that now, son of a gun. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, maybe I'll leave that one in. and Just make this an expletive episode. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, so I was finishing my file. Hey, greased it. And, uh, I sat back down and my friends and I, because we were young and idiots, what do you do? You laugh. We are laughing, belly laughing, crying, laughing, cannot breathe, wheezing laughing. This guy slowly walking up the staircase. Now I'm taking deep breaths. We have to stop the laughter. We need to compose ourselves. We need to be ready. The guy next to me did not see him dying laughing rolling over on top of each other laughing so hard we can't see we're laughing this guy walks up to me i go from laughing to hi mr porter how are you and he says i think you know why i'm up here no why how are you today are things good and he said he just he grinned at me you know sort of grinned at me and i i was inside who I couldn't read. I was laughing so <laughs> hard. Ooh. You know, it's like when you really have to go to the bathroom and you're not sure you're going to yep. make it, but you're trying everything you can. That was me with this laughter. I was like, please, please, God, listen. I know you're up there. And this is, who, Mr. Portnoy, I, I, uh, I would, oh, uh, geez. I would have no uh, idea why you would be up here. Oh, man, wow. Dry weather tonight, ain't we having it? And he said, did you throw something at me? Mr. Porter, do you think I, excuse me, I'm not laughing. No, I'm not. Stop laughing, guys. Do you think I, your friend, would throw something at you? You are one of my favorite teachers, Mr. Porter. He grinned at me and just walked away and said, all right. And that's when I knew I got away with murder. And I just think that's exactly how O.J. felt when that, when that, you know, oh when, <laughs> when, when those people said innocent, I think O.J. and I had the exact same feeling. Like, I cannot believe I just got away with this one. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: whatever mm-hmm. I think of that, my my classic, there was a, the little meme gif going around of Terry Cruz when he turns and gives like, this, like the side eye and the little wiggle. That's how I think. Every time
0: you get away with something, it's like a, oh, yeah. I got away with it. Th- like you when you, you know, stole that pizza from that pizza joint. I stole pizza? Yeah, remember? You told us on the chat. I, I you paid were, for it. You... I paid for it like 45 minutes ago. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you then did break the rules by making it yourself and, and leaving. I still think you should try to ring up at the register.
1: Yeah, probably. Uh-huh. I, the problem is if you ever touch a register in that situation... That they would certainly would not let slide.
0: Right. So, uh, maybe I should. I'll go back there. As you say, you haven't been back since, I know. Of course not. But (laughs) you should make a return trip. I'm just saying. It could be good for you. Order something or just kind of return? Well. Just check in on it. If I, uh, listen, knowing from your previous attempts, I would order something, wait an hour, then go get it. I already waited an hour prior to going. I know. Wait an hour and a half then. No, there's no shot. Order it at lunch. There's no shot.
1: Are you that forgiving a, per- a person? If someone, like a restaurant establishment or anything really does you that dirty, would you go back? Depends on how good the food is. Really? Yep. Oh, you'd probably fall more in line with... My significant other than That's always what she is. She's like, but it's good. I'm like, what do you mean it's good? You've been there four times, and four times they've screwed up your order, gave you wrong change, didn't help you. Why are you going back?
0: Yeah, when I say good, I don't mean average above average. I mean, this has to be the greatest cheeseburger that's been made in the state, or I'm not going back. Like, there are some of them. There are some, especially, um, there's a golf course I play a couple times a year. That is like one of the nationally ranked golf courses, and their cheese curds are hand over heart fact the best cheese curds I've ever had in my life. They're the best ones in the state of Wisconsin, and that's and we're the cheese state. They're the best ones. If they mess up my order or they, you know, they do something a little weird, takes me too long to get my order, am I gonna be frustrated? Yeah, but those cheese curds are worth my time. They're worth the extra hour of my time to get those cheese curds. This pizza joint probably wasn't that this chain pizza uh, joint. <laughs> it wasn't that if if there's more than one of them in the you know in the there's same county yeah <laughs> it's probably not a place that i'm gonna deem good enough i just won't go back but if it's something where it's like you know one of a time one of a kind it's like when your crack dealer you know does your dirty once do you you need to make the decision is it really worth it burning bridges with your crack dealer yes that's what i'm talking
1: about I, I feel like that's a little bit different, because I can only imagine. I'm not part of that. But if you burn bridges with a hard drug dealer, I feel like usually there's a little bit of a pushback at some point.
0: Well, it depends. How many drug deals have you been a part of?
1: I I don't know. See? Then all we can do is If it's the first one, I don't think they're going to be too... <laughs> Upset, they're probably gonna say, "Oh, he didn't realize he's not supposed to take all of what I just gave him. He's dead. He's dead, <laughs> and now he's dead."
0: Uh, Dude, I was it. I was once almost a part of a drug deal. I had this is a different friend from the one I talked about at the top of the show. That was we were hanging out and we were gonna go bowling. He's like, "Hey, can I make a stop off at this guy's house?" It was actually the girl's house, and I was like, "No, we're going bowling." And plus, my mom says we have to be home at certain times. Like, we, we got places to be. And I was a young teenager. So, this is where, like, parental rules really applied. Yeah. Now that we're a grown adults, particularly, you know, owning our own houses and married kids, these sorts of things, doesn't really apply. But he said, well, I'm trying to stop off by this girl's house. I was like, no, dude. <laughs> we're not stopping off at some girl's house. He said, why? I got some stuff for her. I was like, I don't, I don't want to know about this. He said, well, let me, let me cut you in on this deal. If you drive me over there, I'll give you 50 bucks. I said, what do you have to give her that is so important? Are you having sex with her? What is so important <laughs> to you? And he said, well, I'm, I'm tr- listen, I got some acid. that I'm going to give her some tans of acid she's buying from me. And then hopefully we'll hook up later because I'm her dealer. And I was like, get out of my car. <laughs> what are you talking about? You have acid in the car right now. He said, yes. No! <laughs> no! Uh, no! I like that. Uh, he's, he said, and and I could be bending this story because it was so many years ago, and I f- remember freaking out about it. But I, I do believe it was that he had the acid in the car. Well, yeah. Otherwise, why, why would he have to stir up? That both? or he was driving to the person's house to get the acid to make the sale. Mm. Either direction, I was going to be in tangent with a drug deal, and my friend thought for a measly 50 bucks he could sell me you know, uh, some sort of, well, it's free money scheme. you know. Depending on how much
1: it was, 50 bucks might have been a decent cut, actually. So. Yeah, it was probably a great cut. And, and
0: you know what? I he's pro- he
1: was probably in that for, as he said, relations afterwards. But this
0: was not the first one that I had batted down. Oh. The other ones, though, were like, hey, could I borrow 50 bucks, and it's I'll give a, yep. you 100 in return, yep. which are my favorite texts to get, especially, you know, we were young then. So it doesn't really make a difference. And when we were younger, I had enough of my own financial wealth that I could I could have done something like that. Oh yeah. So this is you know, there are people in the world that will ask you for things. And I remember this conversation like, hey, do you have twenty five bucks? That
1: that happens a lot when you're in like high school stage. If you're one of the people that has a job and you have income, everybody's gonna be like, Oh, you have a job. Can I have some money? No, but, <laughs> you know, you can get a job too. They're
0: not exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, can I borrow 25 bucks? I said, wow, well, what's wrong? Like, you know, I mean, if you need a meal, I'll buy you a meal. Yeah. If if there's something wrong with your mother and you need gas to get somewhere, I'm there. Because that's how my parents were to other people. Oh, my yeah. parents were taken advantage of by a lot of scummy people. But they were backed up against the corner and they needed help. And that's the... they would. Always help people out. And that's just mm-hmm. as a person, I was raised that way. So always, if you need a meal, I'm there. Something wrong with your car? Let me help you. I'm not saying I'm going to pay for new shocks to be put in your car. But like, yeah. if you need gas, you got somewhere to be, I'm helping you. I'll drive you to the job interview. Yep. He said, well, I'm starting a business. Or oh, then also as a entrepreneurial person, what business am I getting in for? Well, buying <laughs> and selling things. What are we selling Xboxes? Are we selling, you know, little action figures? Going, you know, buying up a, uh, you know, a, a deceased grandma's wares, and you're gonna sell them to a thrift store? What are we doing here? Well, you know, I'm just trying to get a little business started. Are you selling drugs? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He actually said, "Don't worry about. It. All you need to know is that I need 25 bucks, and next week I'll give you 50." I was like, "Where's the fifty coming from?" He said, "Just don't worry about it." <laughs> and then, and then I thought, because if he doesn't tell me, this is the best logic. Because if he doesn't tell me, then I'm not implicant in his crime. Oh, sure. Because I don't know. Yeah, of course, dude. If you tell me that, then I know. That is true. That's the most <laughs> yeah.
1: roundabout logic. Any, anyway. Hey, can I have fifty bucks? I'll, I'll double it come Friday. Uh, no. W- why not? Well, because for no reason at all, you just came up to me, asked for cash, and told me you'd double it in a couple days. I have a job. I know how the world works. That doesn't
0: make any sense. <laughs> well, and, but I, I know, I literally mean, he gave me the logic train. He showed me the logic train. Well, because I'm going to go sell drugs. And if I tell you that I'm going to go sell drugs, then you'll be implicit. But if I don't tell you, then you won't know. You won't get caught. He told me this. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not. He told me this logic train. That's so bad. And then I said, dude, (laughs) now I know.
1: I have been around. So technically, I guess part of several drug deals. I've never got a dime out of it. I should go back and like call up and say, Hey, I know it's been many years. But remember that time you kind of got me caught up and I was driving you places or we were at this house and you're freaking drug dealing? Where's my cut? Yeah, you should send an
0: invoice. Send an invoice. from the desk of Ian to the order of, you know, 150 dollars. Yep, make, make sure
1: I call because no one responds to calls. And then leave a voice message. I, I got my calendar pulled up here, reading back through the logs. <laughs> 2014, uh, <laughs> or year whatever, you know, we were at this party that I drove you to and didn't care for, but you said it was an absolute must, and I noticed that you sold, like, a pound and a half of weed to all the people here. Now, in 2014, this is what the rates were, and
0: I feel I should get a 20% cut <laughs> going through the logs. <laughs> I just love you know. Hey, Ian here. I know it's been a long time since we chatted. Hey, I'm just going through the logs from 2014 and I noticed. <laughs> oh I my. had a couple good friends
1: who were good people, but got caught up in weed, especially. Yes. And it was definitely a point, even now. I'm going to be frank. I don't care that much about weed that I'm going to like rat on a friend over it. It doesn't, as long as nothing goes wrong, I'm pretty chill. I had one friend, though, that it was Coke, and they weren't friends after that.
0: I had a friend that, yes, he moved from marijuana, he did Coke, heroin, he yeah. was hooked on heroin. He always... And then he he, yeah, he came around to just straight crack. Yep. So not sniffing it, just straight smoking crack. And his face got all you know, like broke out, and his skin looked terrible. And he ended up going to prison. And he was one of those guys. We were best friends since birth, and really, I kind of distanced myself. Like, dude, listen, I can't have, I can't be friends with a guy on crack, right? Yeah. And he would come out, try to do better, get sucked back in, because it wasn't just the drugs; it was the drug lifestyle. The I'm oh, gonna yeah. Run these streets, drug lifestyle. And he got out the last time four years ago, maybe, and lives the cleanest, straightest life. He's got a girl that uh, his girlfriend he's been with for like three years now. That's great. He's you know he's got a steady job, a career. He's got a house, and he just he is. I, I very vividly remember in when he was going through it, just praying. I like, I hope this guy turns out to be the success story. Yep. And he did. Because it was either that or he's going to be dead. Yeah, and or in came, prison uh, the rest of his life. And he came out a success story, man. He really did. Now some of my friends are just caught up in the life of smoking pot. And then they got a girl pregnant because, of course, when you're high, pregnancy can't happen. (laughs) So now they're... True. Yeah, I
1: I do quite a few potheads. And it was always the, as long as I don't have to be, like, around while you're doing it or it doesn't really affect our relationship, I
0: never cared that much. I believe, I mean, much like we've talked about, you know, people's, what you do in your own private life. Yeah, as long
1: as it doesn't implicate or involve me.
0: Yeah, it, don't tell me about it. Oh, I yeah, don't no, wanna, I don't I don't want to know because I can't judge you based on what I don't see. And I can't judge you based on what you do when you're alone with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't tell me about it. Don't tell me or definitely don't do it around me. Yeah. I once and I, that's always been my stance. And I'm probably very similarly thinking to you. But I did have some friends once upon a time that were, you know, passing a joint around. And like, hey, do you want some of this? Like, no, I don't. And what was interesting is they were so staggered because everyone was in a big you know circle. Yeah. I didn't know that was going to be the day's events, but it was a bunch of people that smoked pot. So they thought, well, while we're here, no one else is, we should smoke pot. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't, I have no want to. You know, when you go to the doctor and they ask, do you smoke cigarettes? Do you drink? Have you done drugs? I want to confidently say no. My whole life, that's just a goal of mine. I've done good so far. I'm gonna keep it up. That's what I <laughs> just, have. just for the doctor. Yeah. So I pass, right pass. To be
1: it. fair, a lot of those are normal. Do you drink and whatnot? It's like, do you do drugs? It's like, well, okay. I, I respect this. And I know technically speaking, you're not really supposed to tell people. If I tell you yes, though, <laughs> well, there's only so much leeway you can get if all of a sudden, you know, the cops are knocking at your door saying, hey, we have a heroin dealer on the loose. This guy's dangerous. We need your help. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I know who that is. They're... They're going to rat
0: you out. <laughs> yeah, and even if they don't, I mean, it's great that you tell them. I mean, you should be honest with your doctor. If you can't yeah. be honest with your doctor, who, who can you be honest with, really? But I don't think walking in there, it's like if I walked in and told my doctor some crazy fetish. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. I just, I'm not sure it applies to my yearly physical. You know, that going is true. in and saying I like to be, you know, that my, you know, there's bondage gear in my house in and in a sex swing. There's not, for those listening. Don't take that the wrong way. This is completely Yeah, up. it takes a lot to set up the swing. It's <laughs> I just think that, you know, it's like, I, I don't, this doesn't, it's not within the scope of our conversation. If I'm cracked out of my mind and I'm having, you know. Oh, yeah. Heart issues because of it, let's talk about it. But if my yearly physical, does my knee move when you hit it? Do when I breathe in, does everything sound okay? You know, we're probably good for another 365, right?
1: Oh, yeah. But they always say that. And then they never have, like, stipulations when they ask, like, well, do you drink? It's like, well, I've had, like, three drinks this year. Does that count? Like, technically, I have drink. I know that's not really what you're asking, but you got to, like, be a little bit more specific. Right. Shouldn't I, you be asking, do you drink six shots of tequila a night? It's like, okay, well, now we can discuss. No, absolutely
0: not. <laughs> I, I like the ones where they give you a, um like, a sliding scale, like, on a, you know on this scale, how many drinks do you drink in a seven day week? Zero to one beverages, and they give you what a beverage is. Yep. I love when they give you the key, which is you know one zero to one mixed drinks, one to two shots. Yeah, you know, and then it goes up, and you know eventually it's like six or seven shots type of deal, and it works its way all the way up. And I love those because then I get the satisfaction of still putting zero to one, you know, and it covers oh, yeah. my boundaries. But it's much more accurate than a. So you drink. Like, when they I, ask that, I always say no because it's like, yeah, I have three drinks a year.
1: Or when I, they ask, do you smoke? It's like, well, the past couple years now, I've gotten in, I'll t- have about one cigar every other month. So I guess, like, technically, but everyone I've talked to, of course, says, yeah, that's not like nobody's asking for that. That's nothing,
0: right? They're actually, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, you know, the mouth cancer is not going to form because of your cigar. Uh, you know, affiliation yeah, Although five, we, six cigars uh, a year, it's like, no <laughs> We have never had a cigar together No we, uh, We've we been saying it literally for years now <laughs> Years with an S, we've been talking about this
1: Yeah, since we started, that's actually after I tried my first I've had maybe four or five since then It's not something Uh, Something I've learned, cigars, they're not like addictive I have no thing So it's like one every other month or so but it's really relaxing. I get why people enjoy that. Okay. So, granted, we live in Wisconsin. So if we do, there's, uh, we'd have to go to like the cigar lounge. Yes. So
0: is that where you go, or to, like a local cigar lounge, or you just hang out on your back never porch? Never
1: have. I've yeah. only done it in my back porch, and since the winter hit, haven't done it once because, believe it or not, we live in Wisconsin, and that sounds awful.
0: Yeah, it would be a it would be a very anti-relaxing thing to go torture yourself in you know yeah ten degree weather. And not going to
1: lie, I'm not that social of a person. I'm not going to a cigar lounge myself.
0: I wouldn't want to either. Exactly. Especially if you're a novice at something. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. Not for me. Uh, yeah,
1: especially because, like I said, I'm going to go there, and they're like, oh, you like cigars? I'm like, yeah, they're really nice. It's relaxing. It's wonderful. i go, like, oh, why don't we see you in here? Because I do, like, one every other month. Yes. And I know you guys are tend to be in here every night, every day of the year. Yes. So... We're not really gonna have that type of relationship.
0: Yeah, we we gotta. This is a thing we're gonna put on our list. You know where we say stuff on the show and it never happens. Yeah, this is gonna be one of those that actually happens. Yeah, we're gonna make this happen. I you am, have a I, humididor sitting right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I do. There's no and getting out of
1: it. That is true. I still have all all the cigars minus two since I got the ten pack.
0: <laughs> do you know what I feel really bad about? We got ones that we were gonna have and then we yeah we, we were d- such naive we didn't know you <laughs> yeah.
1: at the time it was our first we're like yeah let's just do this for a chat we got them two cigars we just kind of kept them we're like yes. yeah they're in plastic wrap there it's a cigar they don't go bad can they <laughs> uh yes. yes yes they most certainly can
0: <laughs> and then Ian gets this humidor humid yeah it's what it is humididor. humidor yeah. humidor for his birthday. It was a birthday or Christmas. Matters not. I think it was
1: my birthday from my significant other.
0: Yeah, and he gives me another cigar as a like replay. Like, <laughs> hey, I know we biffed it once. We'll do better this time. And then it got cold. That cigar is still sitting on my desk. I would not. I would not and then I, I would thought, not touch that. I would and then I thought Ian has now wasted another it was <sighs> cheap. It's not like you bought me a hundred dollar cigar. But Yeah, it was probably about twelve bucks or something. Right now you've wasted another cigar. So I'm going to have... That's okay. I'm going to have to buy... Hopefully,
1: I'm a good enough... You don't have to buy anything. I have a whole bunch. You've seen. And I have one that's clearly out. I think it was for Christmas. Um, I think it was Christmas this year. I didn't really do much. So I said, you know what? I'll get, keep a nice cigar for two purposes. One, to make sure I'm decent enough at keeping the right humidity that I don't screw up cigars as an incentive. And two... Like I said, it's really relaxing and nice. Cigars, for those of you who don't know, is not like other nicotine products. They actually have their own like taste, mm-hmm. which is nice. So I'm like, I'll try an expensive one. I pray that I don't screw that up because that that's like a special occasion one. I think it was like 54 bucks or something. Sweet. So I'm like, oh.
0: I also see behind that you have the decanter I got you for your birthday that is not filled. Yeah. Held.
1: No, I was going to make spiced rum or something in it, Ooh. but I haven't gotten around to it. Okay, well... Because as I... you know,
0: I get, drink like three or four times uh-huh. maybe a year. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you you drink just about as often as you smoke cigars. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because b- up until I moved into my new house, you and I were the same people. We both have liquor sitting on our desk. Yeah, I no longer did. do because I shortened my desk. The liquor's all in a different spot. It's yeah, so... sitting somewhere else on a different cabinet. But you and I both have liquor oh, 100% of our days within arm's reach. Neither one of us drink it. No. It has been that height for years. <laughs> it's just... I can't believe it. Uh, yeah. I, I remember
1: the last time I had a drink. I think it was... It was like the very end
0: of summer. Mm. I had like half a glass of whiskey. And that was, that was it. Mine was two weeks ago. I was having a meeting. And it was, you know, it was sort of an af- after work, got home, I was doing a meeting because I'm supposed to fly over to Europe this year to do some conducting. And I was having a meeting with some of those people and thought, you know, anyone want anything to drink? Yeah, let's bust out the drinks. So I thought I'll mm-hmm. be kosher. and But that's that's really it. Wow. We're boring. Aren't we just, we talk a big <laughs> lifestyle, but we, we sound pretty white and square. Ugh. And with that, the white square episode has to come to an end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening episode 81 of A Gentleman's Chat with your hosts, Ian and Billy.